Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Fabulous new inventory. And leading the pack, for a lot of people, based on the sales, having to be the doggone, boy, when you look at the great job they did with Hyundai last year, record sales, fabulous. And great pre-owned inventory, wide selection that also goes with your budget and the Sunbury Motors guarantee. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. We'll start the show this way, which we think is the right way to start the show today. Carson Wentz is still with the Eagles. Day whatever it is since all this began, I've lost track at this point. See, that's the difference. If you if you live a life that's not consumed with hatred, you don't care. <laughs> or when it just keeps dragging on and on and on and on because the of the incompetence of the front office, then it's to a point where yeah, I don't care right now until uh, something's actually done. Would you prefer they trade Howie Roseman? Yes. I think I've made that quite clear the last few weeks. I never noticed. <laughs> I guess you've tuned me out here and there, which I don't blame you. What? I <laughs> see. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Having a little bit of fun here today. I want to start out with something that I think was very interesting. Dan Mullen, the Florida football coach, had a press conference yesterday. And at the press conference... He was, you know, he was just one of those, hey, look, you know, the season's over. We're going to a next season. Eventually, we got, you know, some f- form of spring football coming up and so forth. Yeah. I mean, that was the whole premise behind the press conference. And the um, topic of him going to the NFL came up. And he gave a rather vague, roundabout answer to the point where a member of the media called him out on it in the press conference, saying, you didn't really say anything there. Were you contacted at all about going to the NFL? And again, he gave gave a rather vague answer again when it came to that because 
you could sit there and say, nope, I didn't negotiate with anybody, which is what he said. Uh, Then I didn't talk to anybody. Just because you didn't talk to anybody, the question is, did you or or any representative of yours, agent, attorney, whatever, have any discussions with anybody in the NFL? Well, now you've given, like, you've boxed them in at this point. And you sit there and say, okay. Well, he gave the vague answer. Well, he got called out again on it. Which is fine. I mean, he's just answering questions. I mean, it's not like Dan Mullen doesn't talk. He does talk. And so he finally got into specifics. He said, a lot of rumors out there, but I didn't speak to anybody, Mullen said, during a Zoom interview session on Tuesday. Two days ahead of... They're starting spring practice, by the way, at Florida uh, tomorrow. Mullen, 48, was asked specifically if he wants to end up in the pros, possibly after next season or further down the road. He said, I'll address it this way. I think a lot of people are trying to figure out what the future of college football is going to hold and what that's going to look like going forward. I love it here at the University of Florida. I think we have a great program. We have a great fan base, great history, the opportunity to be a championship program every single year. I think there are concerns with the coaches regarding what the future of college football is going to look like. I think there's a lot of uncertainty that we're trying to figure out right now to see what our futures are going to hold. I thought that was a very interesting and telling answer. Because, look, you have the transfer portal. You're constantly not just recruiting players. You're trying to, you know, and sometimes some people are re-recruiting their players to stay. You still don't know what name, image, and likeness means. What's the potential? And, of course, the financial model of intercollegiate athletics has been exposed because it has now been shown that circumstances out of their control could make it possibly crumble. Everybody lost money this year. Well... (laughs) except for you-know-who in the corner office. Evidently raked it in on the... No, even he's dealt with some loss. Personally or professionally? Both. Okay. (laughs) Another topic, different day. But what does this hold? What's it going to look like? Right now, the freedom of movement out there, every time somebody turns around, you constantly have to look to see what does the roster look like? And the... um, And, of course, Penn State was active in the transfer portal after not really being active in it. I mean, really, the only transfer of late that's come in, because, I mean, they've continued to go down the route of trying to 
procure as many as four- and five-year players as possible has been Jordan Stout, right? Jordan Stout's been the one guy in terms of transferring in that was not part of a recruiting class. Well, this year you got John Lovett, who you know is already practicing. Derek Tangelo is already practicing. Abikiti, who's already practicing. Uh, Johnny Dixon, who's already practicing. And there's a long list of guys that have come in. Uh, the Wilson kid from Harvard, who's not here yet. He he he, he transferred late in the game. I think academically, I think he's going to be all right. Just my thought. But that is where you are. Plus, you've lost players. Will Levis has gone to Kentucky, and so, you know, Judge Culpepper transferred, uh, Antonio Shelton transferred, C.J. Thorpe transferred. Okay, so there's been a back and forth. But it brings with it a level of mild chaos to it. Maybe that's a good way of putting it. Mild chaos. Where it used to be you'd end the season, you'd say, I've got X amount of starters back. I've got X amount of guys I've got to replace in the starting lineup. But hey, we've been working with these other guys. They're going to move up. It doesn't happen anymore. I need a quarterback. Great news, the backup at Ohio State can fill the bill at LSU. I need a quarterback. Eh, The backup at Georgia can fill the bill at Ohio State. I need a quarterback. The backup at Alabama can be the starter at Oklahoma. And that's what you're seeing across the board. Penn State played Illinois. The starting quarterback was a transfer. Penn State played Ohio State. The starting quarterback was a transfer. Penn State played Maryland. The starting quarterback was a transfer. I'm just using one position because it's the easiest position to discuss. And that is... That's the way college football is. It doesn't have the same roster stability that you used to have. And college football already had the automatic turnover anyway. College basketball had the automatic turnover anyway. Where somebody come in, they get the degree, they move on with their life, whether it's in the pros, whether it's getting a job, bowling on Friday night, getting a 297, getting massive disappointment, you know, things like that. Did I slip in that 297 thing? Yeah, you might have. Yeah, thought I would. I'm just trying to relate to our people. But that's the way it used to be. It's not the way it's going to be moving forward. Name, image, likeness is going to come up as well. And 
you notice Cliff Kingsbury is now the head coach with the Arizona Cardinals. Matt Rule, State College's own, is now the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Urban Myers, the head coach of Jacksonville. Are you going to see more mobility in the NFL direction? Because, you know, coaches are looking around saying, and this isn't quite what I signed up for. It's really changed. And some would say, well, no, it's great for the players, the freedom, the whole thing. And I've, I've dealt with this in basketball for years, where there is 700 to 800, sometimes 900 transfers in March and April. And I've referred to it over the years as the waiver wire. College basketball's version of the waiver wire. Well, college football's going in that same direction. What does that mean moving forward? I mean, what kind of adjustments do you have to make moving forward? Now, Penn State adjusted. They were able to get 16 signed commitments. 15 in the early signing period, one in the late signing period, and they'll also get a list of transfers. They're going to move forward in that that realm. But it also brings with it, oh, great, you know, a guy didn't play early enough, and now he wants to transfer out, and you know he's got the potential to play, but everybody's on their own clock, and you as a coach probably have a greater understanding of when that clock is, and now you've got to convince the guy that, look, just just hang tough, be patient. There isn't a lot of patience these days. And now you look at what happened with Jalen Johnson at Duke. This goes back to what I talked about. Jalen Johnson, with every game he was playing, and not playing well, I might add, was falling on the draft board, so he put the brakes on his career. And now he's going to get ready for the NBA draft. Terrific. Really brings that team concept. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Ah, yes. Ah, yeah. Ah, boy. 
uh, I just think that when you look at um, the state of college sports right now, I think it's at an interesting point. The key will not be 2021. I think the key is going to be 2022. 2021 brings it with it the questions of well, how many people are going to be allowed to go to events. What has been this goes back to what Tony Knopp and I were talking about on yesterday's show. Uh, the segment, by the way, where the suit hated it. Hates when people talk about money and sports. To him, it's a fantasy. Um, we were going to send the, the suit to fantasy camp. Then we realized his entire life was a fantasy. So, uh, so we, <laughs> I, I, like, okay. Uh, <laughs> but one of the keys for a televised event is the crowd, the ambiance of it. Where. You have the ability with a wild, crazy, raucous crowd to draw the viewer in. Even on radio, it's there. When you hear a big play, a touchdown, sometimes Jack Ham and I lay out just a couple of seconds, three seconds or so. Let it absorb through the radio. A big three-pointer to put a team in front. Dick Girardi and I will... Lay out for two or three seconds. Let it come through the radio. And we talk about that on TV all the time, the ability to lay out. And when you, you're going through a year where that doesn't exist, and I think that's one of the reasons. There are many reasons why. I mean, some people are binge-watching on Netflix and other uh, streaming Options, but you don't have crowds, and it's not coming through. They have piped in noise, and I can hear the pipe in noise and it's whatever as I'm doing a broadcast, but it's all piped in noise. There's no genuine emotion to what is going on, and that's not coming through a television set, that's not coming through the radio. Our excitement as broadcasters is, but it's not backed up by the crowd. And I think that's affecting TV ratings right now. What is going to be allowed moving forward? It sounds like Major League Baseball initially is going to be in the 20% mode. What will be allowed, for example, in the fall? Will they allow 50, 75%? I mean, we all know the numbers across the country are getting not just better, but significantly better. Now the question is, can it be sustained? But part of the ratings, I think, surround no crowds. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Fabulous new inventory. Great pre-owned inventory as well. Wide selection. They carry the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Sales staff, terrific. They work with you, your budget. Look, 
they're going to sit there. Why do they want to work with your budget? Very simply, you know what? It's not worth it to you unless it fits your budget. They know that. And, of course, a great service department to back it all up. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Zach Ertz, still an eagle at this hour. Once again, same thing. Ho-hum at this point. (laughs) My goodness, they've lost you as a fan. They've just lost me in this process right now. Like, come back to me when a move is actually made, if it's even made. I'd like to point out that they don't have a game this month. Thankfully, yes. Because they just look dumb dumber and dumber day by day as this drags on. Why do they look dumber when there's no rush to make a deal? There's no time frame on this. No, but at the same time, you just know that something's coming and the team basically, the rest of the team has basically moved on from Wentz as we've seen some some reports. So I... I I mean, do do you rush into decisions? Is this something I should talk to Lisa about? Maybe you should slow down a little bit. (laughs) I'm concerned. I begged you to seek therapy. We're trying. (laughs) All right, let's bring in Neil Kulong now. Neil, welcome back. Great to have you with us. (laughs) I I appreciate it. We're not doing the... 20% 20% thing anymore. I'm here 100%, just like the Florida Marlins. <laughs> I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is Ben going to be a stealer? Does... Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think it, it's honestly, I, I could see either, uh, um, I could see either unser- scenario unfolding the way that you'd think that it would. And I, I'm not sure that either one of them makes any more sense than the other they're, they're both palatable options for the Steelers um, it, his cap number being what it is it's really hard for them to not need to come down off of that quite a bit so we know that that's something that, that's going to have to happen um, as far as quarterback options go considering how much Ben is going to cost if he's not on the team uh, they really don't have much of a choice so I, I, they're either going to be done with him and Mason Rudolph is going to be your starter or uh, it's going to be Ben Roethlisberger for another year. I think the real question is, does that mean for them they intend to operate this season as if they are contenders? Now, I, I wasn't really hip to the idea that they were contenders last year anyway um, with what they had with the, the transition that they were kind of under and really still are in many ways. Um, I don't think that changes much this season with or without Roethlisberger. They're, they're not going to be um, – a legitimate contending team. I can say this in Pittsburgh in particular, if you're not even trying to compete, that's a different story. You're, you're the pirates. But as far as the Steelers go, fans expect them to be uh, at least spending, which is to say at least, you know, trying to be competitive, whether they will or not. I think it's kind of beside the point, but I think Roethlisberger coming back um, at a, a certain cost point suggests that they are going to try to contend. And with that, um, I don't know how deep their cuts are going to have to come, but there are a couple guys that 
uh, in a normal year might not be, you know, kind of shown the door the way that they're going to have to be. So I, I think they're going to try to compete. I don't know how good that's going to make them. I think they're probably an eight and eight or worse team. Um, but at the very least, I, I think this is not exactly the way that their their plan uh, was supposed to have turned out. And that, that's really the positions they're in more than anything. They're down probably minimum $15, $17 million in cap space they anticipated having uh, when they put all of this together. So I, I think it's just something they're going to have to work through um, and still at, at the same time identify their quarterback in the future. I'm not sure they know who that is yet. What about Dwayne Haskins in this? He's the interesting um, scenario saver, if you will. Let's just say, one way or another, they are able to make Haskins uh, a, a starting level quarterback. Let's say, even I think this might even be, you know, if not on par, maybe a little bit of a reach. Let's say he can be Mason Rudolph after Mason Rudolph leaves via free agency in 2022. That saves the team a considerable amount of money in the short term. Uh, because they're not going to have, they, they're not going to owe Haskins a significant salary for a while. If if it turns out that he is their starter, he's the guy that they want to keep. Um, he's going to be cheap for a little while, and that helps. You know, if you're trying to build the roster, they can be uh, significant buyers in free agency. Uh, in fact, they're going to have to be, um, considering after this season they have like 15 players signed. So uh, you can expect there to be a lot of free agency activity next year, uh, particularly if. They're going to take a look at Dwayne Haskins um, in team mini camps or whatever organized activities they're able to have this off season. Uh, take a look at him again um, in, in training camp. If they say, you know what, yeah, he's he's good enough to stick here. Let, let's let's work on him. Let's build him up. Let's see what we have. Uh, they they might you know, this might end up being one of the better moves that they've made over the last ten years. You know, if you're able to pick up on on the dirt cheap, you know, keep in mind it's not like they picked him up off waivers. They got uh, exclusive rights access to a, a starting quarterback in the NFL. Now, how good of a quarterback he is remains to be seen, but there's a lot of value you put into a guy that, that's had uh, the opportunity to start, that's been prepared as a starter, that's been around uh, to soak up kind of the leadership uh, responsibilities. He might not have handled that the best, but he's also a young kid. You know, I, I don't think that's something that um, can really be held against him as far as his ability on the field. If he can show up and he can play football, they're going to find a way to get him on the field. So um, a smart strategic move by the Steelers there and one that really doesn't have any downside. So uh, worst-case scenario, he's no different than um, J.T. Barrett, who they signed under the same conditions for last year and then cut, I think, 48 hours into camp this past year. So right. um, if, if it doesn't work out, it's fine. It's really not that big of a deal. But you're looking at a, a pretty decent amount of upside there. And I'm not saying he's an all-pro player, but right. if they can get a bridge starter uh, on the cheap while they figure out what they want to do in terms of the draft or free agency – uh, they they can turn this around fairly quickly. I I I, uh, I I like the options that they have. Maybe not in the immediate future, but they, they they've done well to work around this all as as best they uh, I think anywhere are able to do. JJ Watt leaves Houston immediately. It didn't take long with TJ and Derek already on the Steeler roster to have people say, "I wonder if he could go to Pittsburgh." How do you view that? They were saying that last year, probably even before Derek signed. Right. Um, simply put, the Steelers don't have the ability to sign J.J. Watt for even half of his market value. Um, he would have to take a significant haircut just for the, the, the honor of playing with his brothers. And perhaps ironically, I think the best way they could make that work is if they cut Derek and paid J.J. what uh, 
what they otherwise would have spent. Uh, they, they don't have the flexibility to sign that level of a player. So assuming uh, J.J. does not want to take a, a considerable reduction in salary, we're talking probably no more than $2 million. Uh, I, I don't think they're able to do that. Um, right. it, it sounds nice and everything, and I'm sure they all want that to happen. But sure. uh, I, I would imagine that, that JJ is going to want to capitalize on you know what's likely to be the last couple of years he's got in the NFL left. Uh, he certainly has the capability of signing a, a pretty big uh, multi-year contract with somebody right now, and, and certainly he's earned the right um, now that he is a free agent to to, uh, to find the best fit for him. I'm sure they'd all love it in Pittsburgh, and I'm sure Pittsburgh would love to have him. But uh, financially, Pittsburgh's among the worst options that he has in front of him. If, if it really means that much to him, they can make it work. But uh, he's going to have to play for, for far less uh, than he has probably since his his, uh, his rookie season. It would make the Subway commercials more interesting. Uh, so... <laughs> What about the Bud Dupree situation? You're talking about a guy that probably realistically can't play at any kind of level until October, maybe November. Uh, is he even an option to bring back? I think um, it's so hard to tell. With the edge rush market is always going to be one that isn't in decline. We're, we're going to talk about it as if it is. It's kind of like scalping tickets for, for the Super Bowl. You're going to hear eventually that the tickets on on the streets, you know, brokers are trying to get rid of them. And you go out there, it's like, no, we're going to take it minimum face value for it, and that's going to be five minutes before the game. With Bud Dupree, you're going to hear a lot about the injury that he has that should knock his value down, because it's, logically it should. I agree with you. Uh, October November, before you can expect him to be – a, a similar type of, of explosive player that he was. Um, you're really looking at a multi-year deal. You're really looking at year two for him, I, I think, anyway. That's my opinion. Maybe a contender has the money available to, to pay him and kind of bring him along slowly and have him fresh for the playoffs. But I don't know how much money he's going to get in year one of the deal. Um, but somebody is going to eventually you know, bump the price up to get him to, to come in there and give him an opportunity to, to work with him um, and get him comfortable on, on a multi-year deal. I, I don't think uh, the Steelers could pay him probably by year two if they really wanted to. That would be a really strange contract. I'm not sure it's one that he would really want to, to sign into. Uh, the Steelers aren't a team that pays a whole lot up front. He's definitely going to get uh, pretty significant offers for upfront cash from a lot of other teams in the league, I'd imagine. I can't say that it, it's not possible, though, simply because, again, uh, the Steelers don't have a team to field in, in 2022. Um, that isn't to say they don't have a plan. They they weren't kind of you know figuring this out as they go. But they could conceivably make something happen um, if Dupree's market doesn't you know explode the way that maybe he thinks that it would. Maybe a two year deal makes sense with the Steelers. Um, I, I I could envision a scenario where that might be the best option for both sides. I, I don't, I wouldn't bank on it though. I don't, I don't think it's really possible for either side to get the best out of an investment. Um, you know, again, for what's likely to be one season anyway, um, for what he could make, uh, assuming a healthy return from an ACL tear, which is at all a, a, a questionable thing anymore. It, it's pretty common. Um, you put all that together, I think he's going to get better options elsewhere. That That's really what it comes down to. I think he would like to return. I think the Steelers are going to have to pay uh, T.J. Watt through the through the roof anyway. Right. Uh, I don't know if they'll want to load up that much money at one position, but you know what? I said the same thing with James Harrison and Lamar Woodley were playing really well. So um, they found a way to make that work. Maybe, maybe this is going to be a priority for them as well. It would be 
very surprising to me if that were to happen, though. I, I think Dupree is going to be able to get uh, a pretty sizable, pretty strong market deal, uh, multi-year deal elsewhere. Ben aside, is there a barometer player that you're looking at to see that they keep or cut that tells you what direction they want to go in? Um, boy, I think Ben would be the best example of that. Yeah, but, um, of course. Yeah, that's why I said him, how as, about him, this? him aside, because I wanted to make the question difficult. How about this? <laughs> I, I think, and this is a light version, this is a, a low-pressure system coming through. I, I think it's probably Vince Williams. He, he's not a player they want to lose. He's not making a whole lot of money. We saw what Robert Spillane was able to do last season. Uh, Spillane, to me, looks more like a depth player next to a, a superstar, the way that uh, Devin Bush, also coming back from an ACL tear, uh, looks to me to be in, in, in the process of building up. They would rather have Williams in there with Spillane backing him up to, to have some depth at that position. We saw last year how critically important it was. Um, and I think they plan to have Vince Williams on their team this year, if not for the pandemic, which led to the the, um, the shorting of the salary cap. I think Vince Williams is very much in their plan. If they're going to cut Vince Williams, and I'll even add for the same reason, just not the depth issue as much, uh, Derek Watt, those two together yeah. I think are – expensive complementary players that in a regular year when a team wants to be um, you know pretty well balanced uh, they, they make sense they're, they're they're earning the money that they're being paid it's not a ton but you know you're you're probably going to think twice about it when you're looking at a tight salary cap position um, I think they signed both of them with the intentions of them lasting their contracts but I think things changed so if they're going to cut both of them certainly you're looking at a team that uh, is is trying to improve its cap position, probably to to uh, you know retain a, a certain quarterback, and with that, <laughs> likely to compete next season. Um, if they're going to keep those guys, I think they're probably going to want to save money at the quarterback position. Um, how much they're able to do uh, with that remains to be seen, but we're going to hear sooner rather than later uh, what they were able to do. But those are two solid NFL players that they would want to keep regularly. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure they're going to be able to. I know that they definitely want to, and I think that they they should, considering the value that, that both of them would bring, um, if used in you know the, the ways that we're used to seeing those positions used. Um, if they cut both of them, you know that something's going on. If they keep both of them, I think it's a team that's trying to compete. What's interesting is it sounds like that the parts of the TV contract have all fallen into place and fell into place in December, except for one, and that's Thursday Night Football. <laughs> and that, like, why does the NFL keep doing it? Well, they got 600 million good reasons why. Yeah, okay? exactly. That's exactly okay. it. And that, that's the one that's up in the air, too, right? I mean, it's right. you never know exactly what way the NFL wants to pivot with that Thursday Night contract. And the main thing is, um, it, it's not going to be for your primetime networks that are, are scoring huge uh, with their top sitcoms on Thursday nights. So it, it's, it, it's an interesting negotiation. I think the NFL always knew that, but they were willing to fall back on the idea that they can produce it themselves um, and try to use that as leverage. I'm not sure anyone's really buying it anymore, no. just considering the ratings and what we've seen on the NFL Network. Um, they, they get what they want out of it. I don't think it's it might not be worth the labor dispute. If anything, I think it's a bargaining chip to go back to the players with. We'll get rid of this if you give us 18 games, you know, something like that. Uh, for the future now, probably has more financial 
merit than than scheduling the games out um you know once a week for every team the way that they're doing it but yeah i mean it, it's it's an interesting scenario somebody would definitely want to buy it but i it, how do you price that right now you know it, it's so hard to tell um whether this is uh, uh, like we talked about last week, a 15% reduction in the Super Bowl versus a 140% increase in the draft, which happened to be on a Thursday night, right. which one of these things is true? You know, it, it's it's really hard to tell uh, where their market is going, and I'm not sure to, to their best intentions. I'm not sure they know, and no. I, I, as far as the networks go, I'm not sure how they could be sold on the idea that the NFL knows what's going on. Uh, a 10-year deal that that's tough right now. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure anyone would really go for that beyond the terms of, of something I, that they've normally done. Yeah, here, Maybe they continue it for a year or two. Here's the option I look at on Thursday night. ESPN can't take Thursday night. The reason they can't is, what, do you want to put it on NFL Network too? Uh, so you don't want the cable to go cable-cable. All right. The next part is that you probably want to get streaming involved. Well, ESPN is ESPN Plus, so they're not so so that part's up. But ABC can do it, where ESPN is producing it and ABC has it, and they use that as a chip to get a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's not a bad thought. I'd, I'd throw Amazon into that as well. Well, I'm saying that's, that's where the stre- that, that's where the streaming comes in. No, it's ESPN. Right. Like ESPN, the network can't. You know, they can farm it to ABC, the over the air, yeah. because. The streaming's not going to go to ESPN Plus, so they don't want that part. The, the NFL Network's probably going to have to carry it. So now you've got another cable entity doing it. Now you go ABC, you make it over the air there, and it gives you the chip to get a Super Bowl. Yep, I, I, that lines up. That lines up. Um, I'm not sure if you're involved in the negotiation. No, you're I'm quietly uh, releasing this to your audience. I, that, that, yeah, that makes sense. Look, I can see that. Look, when I brought it up, uh, Rogers seemed happy. No, I just can't. <laughs> but I mean, first of all, these guys overpay for everything. Okay, that, that definitely is a factor in it. You know that that certain premium price level, otherwise nobody's coming to the table. You know they're they're not talking about a two million dollar deal. It, it's got to be, you know, nine figures. Otherwise, what's the point? You know that that's. Can we see that that's the value of it? I think maybe that's that's where the conversation starts. Do we really think that there's an increase here, or is there a dramatic decrease? Well, and putting all of that together, um, it, it's hard to say, platform or otherwise. I mean, they didn't have that that question answered yet. I mean, it, it's such a, a bizarre well, here's, here, position for all of them to be in, and maybe that's why we haven't heard anything about this in roughly a year. I mean, here is where, from the NFL, here's your position of strength. 100 top 100 programs of last year, 79 were NFL games. There's your position of strength in the negotiations. Right? Yep, and that's probably why they don't back down off, uh, it, at the very least, what they've had plus 20%. You know, they're going to look for a markup on stuff and, and probably cite technological issues, things that right. they're working on, trying to develop. Uh, different things that are going to improve the experience, improve the game. Even you know right. they'll they'll go with that. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just me. I think that that uh, a decade of broadcasting rights for a sport that's been taking heavy fire over the ten years that preceded it. Yeah, um, that's tough. That's a big gamble. It's a lot of money. I, I it's made, a lot of airtime that you have to dedicate to. You it. know what? I made a statement on the show. I don't know five years ago. 
I said, you feel like these people are almost bulletproof. And this is before the Ray Rice thing hit, which was then the start of the dominoes of suddenly the rock that was rolling down the hill went valleyed and suddenly had to go uphill. So yep, in, they, in, they, in the end, it was my fault. I think it was the one area in which they were so bulletproof, it, they're going to take fire. You know, it, it, people are going to continue attacking them um, simply because it was, you know, perceived to be kind of unbreakable. Um, it, and in the end, it was just kind of like, well, you, you can't be everywhere. You know, Roger Stell essentially says right. that he watched the video, but obviously he didn't because the video came out and he had a significant problem. And that, that's, you know, right. when you have the, the, the presentation or the, the image of being unbeatable, and you get humiliated that way by really your own doing in a lot of cases, that's never going to go away. Well, and the, and the Brady thing with the football. I mean, I'm sorry. You make that disappear in 48 hours. You don't have to make it take 48 months. I mean, they, they went a year and a half. They went 18 months of that. I mean, 18 months. What kind of management was that over, over a 13-pound inflated yeah. football? <laughs> I, to me, that was like a fifty thousand dollars fine at most. Oh, you know, it, it doesn't. But that's that's the thing. All of that pomp and circumstances for a four-game suspension for Tom Brady, and the original suspension for Ray Rice was two games and a third game unpaid. I know. And those two things happened pretty close to each other. Yep. That's like, oh man, you screwed this up yep. bad. Sure. Um, and that's why you've got him. That's why you've got him on camera saying that that you know he owns the mistake. He's going to do better. And it's like, oh, you've already lost. So uh, it, yeah. it's it's tough. The runaway train's going downhill yeah. at that point. Um, I think that's a lot of where we are now. You know, the, the ratings have declined. Um, I think there. You and I both have, we've talked about this. We both agree that there are dozens of factors of, of yes. why that might be the case. Absolutely. But a part of it is all of this. You know, the most yep. public uh, negative parts of the NFL are, are part of what's driving all this down. Yeah. I don't think that you anybody can dispute that. That is at least a part of it. Well, Roger's getting $40 million a year, so he can own up to the <laughs> He's mistake. retiring. I'm surprised he's still there. Yeah. I'd imagine yeah. he's going to announce his retirement any day now. <laughs> That's my announcement for next week. I can't give out all the secrets. <laughs> all right. Neil, thanks so much. Always a pleasure. Definitely. Thanks for having me. Neil Kulong. All right, back next hour here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.